Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to A View From The Bullens, in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. Hello and welcome back to A View From The Bullens, with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Ben Winstanley and Matthew Neal. Guys, Huddersfield Town 1, Everton 2. Lee, Everton are through to the next round in the Carabao Cup. It wasn't pretty. We did it the hard way, but we're through. And that's all that matters, isn't it? Yeah. So this stage of the competition, it's just about getting through. Um, it was a bit of a patched up side for one reason or another. And it wasn't a great performance by any accounts. But I think the side's so, shown some you know, good character, you know, having to sort of cope with the equaliser and you know they score another goal and it gets disallowed and we were up against it for a little bit there but we've we've dug in uh we've got a, a good winner and there's some good positives as well i think obviously townsend getting his first goal i don't think he had a particularly good game i don't know if you, you you lads were there i don't know if you agree with me but i don't think he played as well as he did against southampton uh but he scored a, a lovely little goal Obviously, uh, Davis, lovely assist for the first. But other than that, I thought he was quite quiet. Um, but he, he had a, he had a good game. Um, and Awobi, I think that's that's the standout positive for me. Just the way he started the season and he's carried on in that vein last night. And he scored a a lovely goal. It was a lovely finish. Uh, his confidence. He looks like he's he's got his head up a little bit and his shoulders back. And I think Benitez has clearly done some work on on that. Just trying to lift him a little bit and. Obviously, what he's done after the game, making a point of putting out his contribution to the to the away support, and that that's only going to help him. I think Awobi's going to be someone who, who thrives on having that sort of man management and that that backing from Benitez. So I think that's a bit of a masterstroke because on his day he can be a good player and he's 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 is a utility player as well. He can play all those positions across the front. So as it stands now, we're a little bit light in those areas, so we're going to need 
a Wobi on song. So I thought he did really, really well again in Kunku. Did really, I thought going forward, especially, I think at the back, there's still maybe one or two question marks, but going forward, really, really positive, exciting. Did well for the Moyes Keane goal, which was never offside in a million years. Um, but yeah, that brings us on to the next part of Moyes Keane. I mean, it's just nothing seems to be going right for the lads. It, it, I, I just don't know. Hopefully, things are going to turn around if, if indeed he is here at the football club beyond next week. Um, but, you know, he scores a lovely goal. You know, it was an amazing finish. You've got to give him credit for that. Um, and as for the sending off, it's petulant, nothing more. I just think it's handbags, six or one half a dozen of the other. The other lads barged into him. It's riled him up. He's a young lad. He's reacted in a way, but I mean, if that's a sending off, I think someone said it on, it was Jack said it on uh, the group earlier on. Um, you know, there'd be sendings off every single weekend for something similar. There was just nothing in it. I thought the referee was rash, too quick to brandish the red card. I thought the officials in general had a poor game. But like you say, we're through. We're in the next round and let's hope tonight we get a, a, a nice, favourable, easy home draw in the next round. That's all you can ask for. Ben, you were at the game, sold out away end, another win. That's the main thing, isn't it, at the end of the day? Oh, what, what a way support we had. Full voice. Um, literally could have literally filled the whole and that part of the ground, if they would have given us a bit more tickets, and because that ground was near enough empty from the uh, the home fans, but we could have literally filled that stadium. It was just unbelievable. It was really good atmosphere. Good to see some close friends and people obviously listening to the Bullens and just to get chatting, which is really good. But onto the game, um, I thought overall it was pretty average. Um, obviously, wins a win, absolutely made up to be in the next round of the uh, the Carabao Cup. So I do think we need to take it really serious. But that start on eleven. Um, should I think should have had enough to like b- breathe through Huddersfield? Now it brings you on to the question. Obviously, me and you, Mick, had a bit of a chat about just our first 11, 12, maybe probably even 13 players are probably really good players, but you go into the depths of the squad and cracks start to show. Um, I thought the back four was pretty dreadful, to be honest. Um, Michael Keane needs a, a break from the side at the moment. You can just tell that his head's absolutely shot at the moment. and Watching the goal back, he obviously loses his man and they, they make it 1-1 and we were on the back foot. Um, straight after that, they had a little a little winger, Huddersfield, that was causing real, real issues. Um, and Kunku was really good going forward, as Lee said, but was getting massively, massively exposed, exposed down the left, which only stopped when Lucas Dean came onto the field to see a bit of quality and shored it up. And he, he played better in Kunku, further up the park as like a left winger, a bit of a free reign, but... It just wasn't good enough. Um, back to Keane, like I said, he needs a bit of a break now from the team. That's three, three errors and three games which have led to three goals. But Iwobi, I think he's changed his beans. He's gone from Hines to Branston. He's uh, really kicking on this season, which is good to see. And some of the stats and obviously the expected goals and the crosses and stuff have gone in Iwobi's favour over the past couple of seasons. But people will take his performance on face value which is completely understandable because on statistically could look brilliant, but on the pitch, you think one on earth is he up to? But I thought he was really good yesterday, Mick. We were discussing when he went up front. He was solid, especially for the, the, the second goal for Andros Townsend. We haven't had someone hold the ball up like that, play it to feet, play it around the corner and they're straight round the back and in. Lovely ball by Andre Gomez, by the way, who again played reasonably well when he came on. Um, I thought he showed that bit more quality coming onto the pitch, a bit more level-headed and was progressing with the one the runs. Obviously, Tom Davis and Gabaman 
good to see them both back, get minutes, but no one was really driving us, getting us forward. It was kind of hoof ball, shall we say, long balls out of the wings, which, to be fair to Huddersfield, obviously we were playing five at the back. They were pressing really, really high. And obviously in the first half, we were very impressed with um, the high press. You know, obviously, Bramfweight was getting under a lot of pressure. Begovic was getting pressed and Holgate was getting pressured. So credit where credit's due to Huddersfield, but onto the, the officiating, which I thought was extremely poor all round. Um, I thought the linesman who disallowed Moise Keane's goal was, I don't know how he's got that one wrong. And I still don't know why Huddersfield's goal has been disallowed now. Maybe it's chalk and cheese to make up for the error in the first half, but I still don't know why that got disallowed, which is maybe a bit of a look at the draw on that one. because um, It looked like a reasonably okay goal. Now, I don't know if a player is obstructing Begovic's view or he's touched the ball, but it looked completely fine to me. So there's two big errors from the linesman and the sending off. You can argue Moise Keane was stupid to raise his hands at all because the referee was literally metres away and to do like a reaction like that then, I know he's probably aimed for the chest, but I've seen a few pictures where it looks like he's got him around the throat. So it's one of them. He could have gone either way, but it, it was a red card. He went off. And at that point, we were just going, we need to defend and defend. But look, Damari Gray came on. He just looked head and shoulders with absolutely everyone in that team. Real class, arrogance, with, but good arrogance. He comes on, wanted the ball, making brilliant runs, going in and behind, and just gave that dynamic that we've been badly missing. Um, through the first 75 minutes and he changed the game again which is what, what a sign and he's going to be a, one of the best bit of business by any club I think in this summer transfer window so yeah overall wasn't good but the result was there so I made up the coach journey home was good um, big thanks to Hans Tours as well for me so obviously um, for the coach and travel get on hand if you uh, ever want any match day travel which was really really good really good experience so overall Mick made up um, but obviously a lot more improvement needed and fingers crossed we can get some signings over the next few days. Matthew, we're going to go into the improvements or the vulnerability on this occasion. Now, set pieces for Everton, they're proven a little bit of a problem for us. Last night, especially, we looked very, very vulnerable from corners and set pieces and long balls. And we did so at Leeds as well. It's a bit unlike Everton because normally we're pretty decent regarding set pieces, balls getting thrown into the box. We're normally quite a reliable team. What do you think is the issue at the moment regarding this? I mean, there was a number of corners yesterday where Huddersfield scored from two, one got disallowed, but there was a couple of others as well where it's very close shaves, it's fine lines, Begovic tipping one over the bar or watching it go past his post. And where do you think the problem is at the moment regarding the back four or the back five? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is strange because... Um... You know, last season, that was one of our strong points, you know, set pieces, scoring from set pieces, defending from set pieces. You know, that 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 was that was one of our best parts of our game, really. I think it, it comes down to sort of a new system that I can see they're trying to utilise in terms of the zonal, the zonal marking. I'm not sure ever, I'm not sure I'm the biggest fan of that. But I think it can work, but I think you've got to have leaders, you've got to have people in that defence that know their jobs. And I thought, Again, last night you see Michael Keane and Mace Holgate. Certainly, Michael Keane, he's, he's 28 now. He's the most senior defender we've got on the books, and um, he, he, he couldn't lead. He can't lead a defence. I'm sorry. Um, he's all right in isolation, Michael, in, in certain games, in a low block. Um, but I'm afraid now, I've seen enough of him over the last two, three, four years now to say that he. If we want to improve as a team, he can't be in that defence. 
you know, you see the, the, the first the first corner, especially, was so strange to see. Mason Holgate was actually in front of Michael Keane in the zonal marking, which which seems mad to me considering Keane's an extra two, three inches taller than Mason. Um, you know, Keane Keane's probably our best defender in the air, so he should be in front of Mason and Mason behind him. Um, we do look vulnerable. We look vulnerable against Leeds. Um, vulnerable again, you know, last night, and I think we look vulnerable from from any anywhere on the on the, on the wings. Really, crosses coming in. I thought, even with three centre backs, you know, back five we played first half last night, and it didn't work. You know, I thought that, I thought we were way too. I thought the three centre halves were way too deep. Actually, I thought at least two of them had to had to had to push up. Um, there was a, there was an opportunity in the first half there that. They're, they're one of their strikers ballooned it over the bar from 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 a crossing out wide and Keane, Holgate and Branthwaite were all all nearly in, in the in the goal net. They, you know, they should they've got to push out. Um, I think that just comes down to to habit really. I think Keane's very comfortable sitting very very deep. I think that that comes from the fact that he come from Burnley. Um, and we do definitely need to sort that area of our game out because. We've we've certainly solved certain issues going forward in terms of you know there's there's some good there's some really decent patterns of play starting to happen now whether that's with Wobi that's Gray you know the Charleston Calvert Lewin at the weekend I thought he looked really really potent actually and and I thought again for certain parts of yesterday's game it was the same um, but we do look quite vulnerable at the back and. I think that will be help when Decore and Alan sort of settle into their roles. I, th- I, d- I, d- I actually think they've started the season really well, but the, the, the centre halves have got to be sorted. And I, I, you'd hope to, you'd hope that once Yerry Mina comes back and Ben Gonfrey comes back from his uh, COVID issues, you know that will certainly help um, because I, I, I do think those, those two are going to be our defensive partnering pairing sort of this year. Um, I'm sort of keen and Holgate have got to got to wait wait for their turn. Well, hopefully not. Really, we we need. I think that's a that's a definite issue. Is that all the top teams have a centre a centre back pairing that they go right. You're our two best defenders. Um, you're the first two names on the on the team sheet, and we haven't got that. And I think I think Raffle will definitely be looking at that as a as a man that is, you know likes his def- defensive partnerships. You know, we had Carragher and Hippier. At, at Liverpool, and they were in the team every week. And I think you'd be looking to try and recreate that with um, Godfrey and Mina over the coming weeks. Lee, I don't want to focus too much on one player, but Michael Keane, he hasn't started the season particularly well. Struggled at times again last night at Huddersfield. Do you think now is the perfect time to now bring him out of the team, leave him on the bench and have a couple of weeks off, maybe, maybe get to the end of the international break and then reassess? Because... Mentally, he has been questioned before in the past regarding being a little bit mentally fragile when a mistake is made. He then doesn't park it, so to speak. It it, it carries it with him. Do you think now it is the perfect time to say, right, Yerry Mina, you're going back in. And if Ben Godfrey's not available, Mason Holgate starts ahead of him. Yeah, at the end of the day, Mick, it's not about you know tearing a player apart on the basis of three games. I think you can look back a lot further than just three, these three games in isolation where it's obvious he's been very, very poor individually. He's He's got better players in front of him. So 
you, you pick your best team. It's nothing personal. Um, you know, Yerry Mina, our record with Yerry Mina in the side is much better than our records without Yerry Mina in the side. Ben Godfrey should really pick himself. He's one of the first names on the on the team sheet. So if you play if you're playing for at the back, there's your partnership, surely. Um, so good signs are Godfrey was there last night, albeit he didn't uh, make the bench, but he, he travelled with the squad. So that would lead you to believe he's he's obviously going to be training. He's now got five days, uh, sorry, three or four days, should I say, training with the first team, getting getting himself up to speed. And you'd like to think that he'll be involved at Brighton on Saturday. But I think it'd be really poor management individually to keep Michael Keane in the side, regardless of whether Ben Godfrey is back on Saturday or not. You're right, I think mentally he looks completely broken. Um, it is a mistake waiting to happen. Um, and in the Premier League, especially, you cannot afford to be making individual mistakes and gifting teams opposition a one goal advantage and having to be coming from behind all the time, fighting against the tide. That's not what you want. You know, we should be looking to go away to Brighton, be solid at the back, score the first goal, and you'd back Everton then to sort, you know, more often than not to manage and to see a game through and to manage the game well and effectively. We've got players who are. Look like Matthews just said there. We do look more dangerous going forward. So you want to be able to give your attacking players license to go ahead and kill a game off, rather than putting them under pressure to be coming from behind from one goal down. And that's happening too often at the minute with Everton. It seems like every goal we concede is a stupid mistake. It's never a great goal where we've been taken apart or whatever. It just seems to be silly mistakes, far far too easy for the opposition. So. I'm not going to destroy Michael Keane. I think he was he's done a job for Everton where we've been in the last sort of two or three years where we've been hovering around mid-table, 11th, 12th or whatever. But we need to improve. He's not the only one. And I think if we want to push on, if we want to ultimately break this into this European, um, into these European places, he's not good enough. And he's going to hold us back. He's going to cost us, like I said last week, over the course of 38 games. So for me, he needs to come out the side on Saturday. And then really, if you're looking at, looking at it, I think if Mina and Godfrey perform to the level that they have done and we expect them to, I think Michael Keane will find it very, very difficult to get back into the side. Mm. Ben, moving away from the centre-half issues or problems or personnel, the wing-backs or full-backs last night, they were completely changed. It was John Joe Kenny in for Seamus Coleman and Niles and Kunku in for Luca Dean. How do you think they did for you on the wing-back position? Did they allay any fears for you that should we have an injury that they're more than capable of good enough to step in? Or have they raised more eyebrows for you? Difficult question. Um, it was clear to see straight Raider watching the game. The formation just wasn't working. Um, I think Matthew made a really good point before. The defenders were so deep. We were screaming, get up the pitch, get the pitch. If you can draw the press and get behind them, then that's where your, your fullbacks get exposed them. But we weren't getting the ball around the back. And I felt like we performed better when I think Gomez came on for Bramfrey. We went a bit more like a 4 4 1. And I don't know if Keane been I think Keane just got sent off just after that. And I think when we went to like that formation, we looked a lot better, a lot more solid. Um, I thought John Joe Kenny played okay, didn't really do anything out the ordinary going forward, but he was pretty solid down the right. I, I thought, thought he was really good, but that winger for Huddersfield, and especially in the first half, 
um, literally tore Inkunku a new one. It literally went round him so many times. And he's a quick player as well, Niels. And he needs to just like maybe read the game a bit more. But like I said, going forward, especially for that um, the goal that's disallowed, he was brilliant. He got hold of the ball and went forward. And that's what we want to see of him because he is capable of really good moments. But last night wasn't his best moment, I don't think. It wasn't his best performance. And it makes you start to wonder why Obviously, the likes of Carlo and Raf haven't been putting him in the team um, over the past couple of weeks. Is he capable of getting exposed? And you could see Hud- this kid that was playing for Huddersfield, he was like, how can I explain him? Like, a bit like a Bernard. He was quite quick, skillful, and he had a bit of a step on him and he was just drifting past him. And Begovic made a number of good saves and the ball was getting cut back. Um, and it just, the, the formation didn't work for me. I think it looked a lot more solid, obviously, going to a bit of like a 4 4 1 1 again. And, I think Awobi initially slotted into the slot. Um, and then obviously Moise Keane was up front for about 30 seconds and then he went off. But we looked a lot better at the 4-4-1. I feel like when we had the ball, we had hold of the ball more. Um, Lucas Dean came on, like I said before, and Everton just got a short up. And those attacks down the right um, from Huddersfield just got squashed early by Lucas Dean. And I think that play went over to the left then to have a bit of a go with John Joe Kenny. And then it started to go down that side. So... Fair play, the lad from Huddersfield had a really, really good game. Um, but like I said, it's it's championship level and Nkunku's on a bit of a fair whack as well when he signed for Everton, a bit of a coup for getting him, but he hasn't really progressed or anything like that. So he needs to develop his all-round game and hopefully he's learning from Rafa, quite a defensively-minded manager, to obviously defend and read the game a bit better. Obviously, I don't think Bramthwaite painted himself in glory either. And sounds like a really negative podcast, Blues, but I'm just being honest of how I saw it. Um, obviously, full of potential, the pair of them, but they were very narrow. There was no width because if you're going to play five at the back, you need your wing backs bombing on. You need them so far forward to stop the high press because a couple of passes you're in behind them. But we felt like it was a proper back five. It didn't feel like a three at the back. It felt like a back five where they were both, no one was going forward initially. And we were shouting. Stop the long balls. That's all it kept on was being. It was a boot or field and try and clean up off the second ball, especially in the first half. And it started that way in the second half. And then certain personnel came on and we got older the ball. And then with the Keen sending off, it was kind of back to the wall, pick your moments. And to be fair to Everton, we did. So look, the pair of them, there's, there's players there. They are they are really good players. John Joe Kenny was solid in Kunku. Okay. But I just wanted to see a bit more. I think that was their big chance to show Everton fans, wow, look at what these boys can do. Solid and can go forward. But yeah, wasn't overly impressed. But look, we got the win. We got the uh, into the next round of the cup. So let's forget the negative and go into the positives and just say, yeah, into the next round. Mick and I, sorry to interject there, lads. I've seen a couple of things on Twitter since the game last night about people suggested within Kunku that he could go, maybe be like a Gareth Bale. Type obviously someone who started left back. I don't see him as a left back at all. You look at that thing for you know the build up for Moise Keane's disallowed goal that was just outstanding. That raw pace, I think he, he just looks like a left winger, like a left sided attacker. Do you know, I think probably that? Did. I, don't, I don't think he's got the defensive attributes for a left back. I don't probably have him as a left winger. He, uh, he, he reminds me of a right back version of Sidibe at the moment. He's better going forward than he is defensively. He can whip in a good cross. Sadibi could whip in a good cross. Quite powerful, quite fast, but defensively very suspect. Very suspect. Uh, I think the chap you're in about, Ben, was Toffolo, 
the Huddersfield winger, or was it Thomas? It was either Thomas or Toffolo. One of them, uh, yeah. Yeah, and he, he was causing Nkunku real problems in the first half, real problems. And Nkunku just couldn't get to grips with him whatsoever. There was two or three times where, with the greatest of respect, Nkunku had, had been rinsed down that, down that left-hand side. And me and Ben were standing next to each other and we were raising our eyebrows thinking, flipping heck, you know, it needs to get, it needs to get tight on him here. And he, he just couldn't get to grips with him. But, that is another argument, like you say, Lee, whether he's going to maybe move forward throughout his career, become more of a left winger like Gareth Bale did. That that remains to be to be seen. So, Matthew, another player that got the nod, Jean-Philippe Gabamin, hasn't played a full 90 for a long time. He completed the whole game, which is a brilliant feat in itself for him. So, a massive congratulations to Gabamin there. He has come under a little bit of scrutiny and a little bit of criticism due to his performance last night. Some people saying, he, you know, it wasn't great. Do you think that's fair, given the amount of time he, he's had out? Or do you think that's expected and we have to give him time? I think that's really unfair. Um, I find it bewildering when I see Twitter sometimes and you've got people that are putting him in their first 11s and stuff for the Premier League. And it's like... Um, if you know if you've ever had a serious injury, then you, you know how long it takes for your body to get back up to speed, uh, let alone two years. Um, you know it's, it's going to take. I I probably say it's going to take him six months to probably probably get back up to speed. In, in reality, um, it was great to see him get a full ninety minutes. Um, I thought the first full game he's played for Everton. Um, he looked fit. He didn't look. He didn't look laggy. He didn't look like he was struggling in terms of general fitness, it's just a case of getting up to speed with the English English game, getting up to speed with his, with his teammates. Um, I'm positive that he will have a very good effect on our team in certain, certain parts of the season. I think he's a genuine number six, um, someone that can shield the, the defence much better than, say, a, a Tom Davies can, because I think that's a genuine profile that we've lacked in the midfield. Uh, someone that generally just sits in front of the midfield, and you know he's big. He's, he looks what's he six two, six three, big, muscular. And I thought he had. A, I, I didn't think he was too bad. I thought he, you know I thought he had the ball away in in key areas at times. But nah, you, you, you've got to give this boy time. Um, you know there'll be there'll be games later on in the season once Rafa starts to trust him, where we'll need an extra midfielder in there or there'll be certain games where we need, we need to shield the, the bat four from, from the get-go. And, I, and I'm 100% certain he will be used in that, in that area. I think, I think what, what, what I would say is that if Rafa, Ancelotti alluded to that earlier when, when, he, when, he, when he was here, he said in March, April time, he said, if I don't feel like Gabamin's up to speed, we'll look to bring a, another number six type uh, profile in the midfield but, well it doesn't look like Everton are going to do that it looks like if Everton are going to bring a midfielder and they're going to bring look to bring someone in with more creativity and dribbling ability uh, you know carrying the ball someone someone like a Giza from a Fulham type player so no I think I think that's really unfair I don't know what people people expect from the boy uh, let's just give him time um, and hopefully he'll come good I'm, I'm sure he will Lee, moving away from Gabamin, Moyes Keane, we have to touch on him. He he had a goal disallowed and it was wrongfully disallowed. It was a brilliant finish by Moyes Keane. Also, obviously, he's seen red. What were your thoughts on, on both incidents? Great finish, I'm sure you'll agree. 
and what were your thoughts on the red card? Um, obviously, left me thoughts on Twitter, which you know it's got a lot of traction. That tweet actually, um, I think most Blues are in agreement that the red card was absolutely ridiculous. Um, I know I know what people are saying. Um, you know, he's given the referee a decision to make, and and he shouldn't have reacted. But you're talking about it. You know, a, a kid, a young kid. Um, the lad has had a dig at him. You know, he's he's lashed out. Moise Keane's reacted, and I, I wouldn't go as far to say he's put his hand around his throat or anything like that. It just looks to me like he's sort of gone to shove him away a little bit. And it was all very, you know, handbags. I think in the Premier League, you just see that broken up and the referee having a stern with with them all. I don't even think it's a yellow card. Um, so to see the referee come over and brandish a red card that quickly, I thought that was very harsh. I thought his reaction was strange um, in terms of there was no question in the decision. Uh, there was no protest. He just walks off. don't know whether that's just a sign that he's thinking, like I mentioned before, this is just not going to happen for me. I'm just a bit fed up. And he just walks off the pitch because he's just wasting his time. It's not The referee's ultimately not going to change his mind. Um, so I thought he was very, very um, harshly dealt with there for really, really unlucky. As for the goal, like you say, it's a it's an unbelievable finish. And Kunku does brilliantly driving through the midfield, puts him through. And, you know, he, he put, puts his foot through it, bang, top corner. And I'm thinking, get in. You know, he can perhaps kick on from here. And Borley's mentioned this on the podcast a few times, especially last season. If we don't get a striker in, Moise Keane's going to have to stay because we can't leave ourselves short. You can't go through the season with just Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front. It's it, That would be grossly negligent of the club. So there's a position here for him, potentially. If if no one ultimately matches Everton's offer or you know comes up with a deal that Everton are happy with, then Moise Keane could be here. And there were signs last night that you know he got he gets involved with the Awobi celebration, you know, regardless of what you think of it or not. He looked happy, he's getting involved, he didn't look like he was sulking at all. And everyone goes on about his mannerisms and stuff. I mean, but my, my missus has got that what's it, what do you call it? Resting bitch face. You know, if I if I judge there on that, everyone thinks she's got a cop. Well, she might do actually, it could be getting into something completely different. But I don't know. Listen, you don't know what he's thinking. In his head, he's obviously gone to PSG last year. He's done a good job. Is he saying to himself in his head, "That's my level"? You know, I've proven that I can do it at a club who's playing in the Champions League. Maybe so, but don't forget, PSG are playing in a tin-pot French league where I think there's very, very little competition. The Premier League to step up in terms of difficulty. Um, so last night was Huddersfield. We've yet to see him do anything in the Premier League this year. Whether or not he's going to get the opportunity to now or not remains to be seen. We're going to have to just wait for a week. Um, but I think there's a player in there. There's definitely, definitely a player in there. You don't be that highly regarded at Juventus, play for Italy, go to PSG without having something about him. And he, and he, he does show that, um, albeit in glimpses. And I think he just needs a bit of stability. He needs to be better advised, get his head down and... You know, if he's still here, put it this way, if he's still here next week, I wouldn't be gutted at all. I'd be quite happy. I think he's a, a really good option to have either partnering Calvert-Lewin up front if we change system or as a backup to him. So I just think while he's an Everton player, you've got to get behind him. Mm. Ben, whilst there's a lot of questionable players at the moment, questions, eyebrows raised and everything else, 
10 men at a championship club, 1-1 with half an hour to go, and we managed to find a way. It shows huge character again, doesn't it? I'm not sure if that's due to Rafa Benitez instilling a, a more character-based team or the players digging in for each other. But there is that feel of continuity at the moment, isn't there, amongst Everton players, the team, they're all fighting for one another. And you saw that when the second goal went in, the, ho- the whole team, Bar Begovic, ran beyond the goal to celebrate with the fans. It is very, very pleasing to see, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Andre Gomez, fist pumping everyone, going absolutely nuts. I was with him there, arms in the air going nuts. So, no, it, it shows a bit of fighting character. And I, I, I'm holding my hands up and say it. A few years ago, if Evan would have been in that position, 1-1, 10 men down to Huddersfield, we would have gone on to lose that game. I'm 100% sure that would have been the case. But no, we showed character. We showed fight and determination. And they did battle for one another. Iwobi in the 85th minute couldn't even move because he had he'd been run his legs clean off, and I think he had a bit of a twinge. But he was running round, he was getting stuck in, he was just filling the gaps. And we said on the last podcast they're becoming quite likable this side. I really don't know why because the footy wasn't great, but at least they showed a bit of fight and determination because that's all we can ask for. And obviously the place got lifted when Damari Gray came on, and a bit of like Lucas Dean, like I said before, come off the bench, and we just had. Gomez, the Portuguese international, just come off the bench. And these players just come in and eased, eased out the game. Listen to what Rafa Benitez wanted, because I'm pretty sure we went to 4-4-1 with Awobi being the one up top. And it was a case of get down the wings, get the Mari Gray in and around the back and let's take our moments and take our moment we did. Because that bit of football, which probably the only bit of footy we played all night, was brilliant. The passing, the movements... I think the order was from a throw-in. There's about three or four stages of passing into Awobi's feet. Gomez does brilliantly. Little wrap-around, little one-two, and he's in round the back. Lovely ball across, which he seems to get all his assists with his left foot, which is strange. And made up for Andros Townsend to get the winner. And as you said, the celebrations from all the players, it was just a big um, sigh of relief because it, it, I feel like it shows that how desperate we are for silverware at this club the reaction from the more it was if we'd done something really serious but you've got to have these types of luck if you're going to push on in these competitions because you're not going to play at your best through every single stage of the competition and I feel like Benitez made the right subs at the right time yet again uh, and I feel like there was a real game plan when we went down to 10 men which previously in the past we would have been at sixes and sevens not knowing what to do so, no, I'm definitely, definitely encouraged by the response. I'm encouraged by the performance of some players. And I'm absolutely made up for Alex Awobi, as Lee touched on before. When Benitez, I think we were all chatting Seamus Coleman and Damari Gray's name, but obviously Coleman and Benitez took hold of Awobi and came over to the fans, held his arm up and started pointing at him like, he's your man tonight. And he was. He was brilliant. And it's good to see that he's getting back and showing the performances that we know we can put in. Because I've said before, I've given him a hard time in the past. I have. I'll hold my hands up. But when a player performs like that, puts a lot of effort in, looks interested and will give his heart and sweat for the shirt, we'll back you all day. All we want to see as Evertonians is people work for the shirt. And he, he worked his arse off last night. He really, really did. So fair play to the lads. Well done. Big credit from all, well, all four of us here. So, you know, over the moon, on to the next round. Hopefully we get a good favourable draw tonight and we can get tickets for the, uh, hopefully, another away day. Moving away from last night, gents, we're through to the next round and that is the main thing. Looking ahead to Saturday, a difficult trip away to Brighton. Lee, a long trip for the players down to the Amex. What are your thoughts on this? Do you expect to host the changes again? 
with the majority of the team that started against Leeds to start this one? Yep, definitely. Uh, on a personal note, I absolutely can't wait. You know, I'm looking forward to going down there with you and Ben and um, the rest of the lads. I haven't been to an away game for a while due to the kids or whatever, so it's going to be an amazing day. I can't wait to be behind that goal with the rest of the Blues cheering them on. It's going to be brilliant. So, can't wait. Um, fully expect to see us go back to full strength. You know, it's going to be nothing like the side that started last night. Um, you're going to see Mina come back in. Um, and I fully expect Godfrey to start alongside Mina at the back. I think Coleman comes back in. Pickford comes back in. I think you're two in the middle to Kure and Allen come back in. I think you're going to see um, Gray and um, Awobi on either side. And I think it's going to be Richarlison and Carbot Lewin up front. That, that's your team. Um, I'd be very, very surprised if it was anything anything different um, with Townsend maybe dropping to the bench. And you read that out loud and you think it's full of internationals. There's a, a lot of players playing really, really well. Um, that that should be more than enough to beat Brighton. But we've got to do the basics right. We've got to keep this spirit up. We're winning. It, it, the reason why it, this side is easier to identify with and to get behind is because they're applying themselves properly. They're putting 100% effort in. And that is the minimum minimum expectation as an Evertonian. And the play, players like Alex Iwobi, who've struggled, and we've all criticised them in the past, he has to be given so much credit because it's one of the hardest things to do to turn it round when you've got a fan base who've, who've almost written you off. To have that strength, strength of character to pick yourself up, prove yourself again and go again, says a lot about a player. You think back to like, Dave Watson, you know, he had he had to come in and replace Derek Manfield, who's going to be at our event tomorrow night. Massive fans favourite. He was sort of up against it from the off, had it a difficult, you know, first spell at Everton, but turned it round. Um, there's, there's other players as well. Joe Parkinson's another one off the top of my head. So, like you say, if these players continue to put the effort and the application in, they'll get the backing of the fans. The fans feel united. It feels like there's a really good atmosphere amongst the fans, both home and away. And if we do that, we've got enough quality on the pitch. We look dangerous. We're creating chances. I think we'll we'll definitely score. I'd be you know, well, not definitely. There's no guarantees in football, but I'd be very surprised if we didn't get at least two on um, on Saturday. So I, I'm quietly confident that we're going to go away and um, be celebrating three points at Brighton. Uh, I still haven't forgot that game from a couple of seasons back where they absolutely robbed us with that horrific penalty that VAR decision down there so I still think there's payback for that so looking forward to that hopefully on Saturday Matthew just looking at Brighton they've started off the season quite well Graham Potter who was obviously linked with many jobs over the summer he's got his head back in the game and they've started very well they beat Burnley away 2-1 first game of the season beat Watford 2-0 at home and then last night travelled to Cardiff in the Carabao Cup and won 2-0 so Six goals, one conceded for Brighton. They probably couldn't have asked for a better start, really, could they? No, they look, they look good, Mick, and uh, they've sort of tried to channel what they were lacking last season, which is a bit of efficiency in front of goal, which they seem to have found. Um, I think the one positive for us might be, I, I, I'm pretty sure that Mope is out on Saturday. I'm pretty sure he picked up a knock for Watford, and that would be a big boost for us because he's... He's a real danger up front, and he's a bit nasty. And you know, he, he's probably he's probably their biggest threat up front. Um, they've signed, I think it's 
and Wapu from Salzburg in the middle of the midfield there, and, and him and Basuma have started the season really well. Uh, they're very, very strong in that area. Um, even with the loss of Ben White, you know, a player we know well, Shane Duffy and Webster and Dunk look pretty solid at the back there. So they've got a system that all the players know. Um, they're very, very well drilled. Um, I actually believe that they're going to have a really good season. Uh, I think they'll be pushing on the, knocking on the door for that for that top 10, actually. I think I, th- I genuinely believe they're going to have a really good season. Um, you know, I think they'll probably add a couple towards the end of the, the window, like like we all will as well. And it's going to be a really difficult one. Um, they don't cons- you don't you don't get a lot from them in, in defensively either. You know, they don't make huge amounts of mistakes. I think their biggest their weakness area is probably in behind. I think I think all three centre halves. It's now Ben White's left. I look at that back three and I think uh, they're all pretty sluggish. And we've got, if we're playing two up front with Richardson and Calvert-Lewin, I think that's going to be our best bet. Can we get try and get in behind them and cause some problems? I think that's 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 going to be where we're going to, going to hit them. It's going to be very similar to Leeds in terms of they're going to have a lot of the ball. I think we're going to have to try and sit off them. But we look really dangerous for Leeds. We didn't need the ball for, for huge amounts of the game because we were so potent in, in that camp. And that, that's the difference so far between what Rafa's doing and what we, we saw in the, under Carlo last season was that Carlo, even though we didn't have a lot of the ball, we did nothing with it when we had it either. So, it was, you know, we, we were doing nothing. Whereas when we when we got the ball, we really made use of it. Um, you know, our expected goals and stuff are, are, are really quite high this season in the, in the two games that we played. So the two, the two up front will be the decider for me, Nick. Uh, can we get the ball into them? Get Richarlison on the ball. I think I really like Richarlison just in behind Don there. It's sort of a, like a, a false nine type number 10. That that for me looks like his position going forward um, because that allows Gray um, to be out on the wing um, and also allows Awobi to sort of drift, drift all around that, those areas. And he's the one that's going to replace, I sort of try and replace Hamas's creativity at the minute because obviously... Hamez is out, and I think that's an area that we probably need to strengthen in before the end of the window. Um, but I'm, I'm confident if we play like we did against Leeds um, in the second half versus Southampton, I think we might just nick a win. I think we might nick a 2-1 on Saturday. Ben, what are your thoughts on Saturday? Do you think we're underestimating Brighton a little bit and doing them a bit of a disservice? Oh, absolutely. They, obviously, they went 1-0 down away at Burnley, came back to win 2-1. Played a Watford team who went and beat Aston Villa on the opening day, beat them 2-0 and had a convincing 2-0 win last night at a tricky away fix for Cardiff. So they can't be underestimated. They've had a really, really good start to the season. I really like the manager. Um, we spoke about him before on previous podcasts. Um, and you just look at the team, obviously big Shane Duffy and Lewis Dunk back at the back. Is that going to come back and haunt us on Saturday? Who knows? they got Basuma in the middle. Really like him. Lallana's playing well, Pascal Gross, more pay, hopefully, like Matthew said, again, he's out because that'll probably be a big help. But look, we need to get that, that, that back four. I think there's no real pace that Matthew's rightly touched on then. And if we go with Charleston, Calvert-Lewin, uh, Damari Gray, and if a Wobie's fit, put a Wobie on, um, on the other wing and just go at them. Because they're, they're playing a bit of a different formation this season. They play a bit like a 4-4-1-1. Um, 
that's how they lined up at home against Watford. Um, looking at obviously the, the heat maps and the tactical position of players. So they're going for a bit more of a different system. Whereas you saw Ben White, a bit of a left centre back. He's gone now, obviously, to Arsenal. So they're going for a bit of a change. But look, it's working. On paper, I'd probably say we have the far better team. But I think Brighton have really good chemistry. They're always a difficult team to play against. And as we've seen last year, that they're expected goals. I know I've said before, stats and real life, a lot of people like to differentiate between the two now. They had probably, I think it was the fourth or fifth best expected goals in the Premier League. Now, if they would have had probably a prolific striker up front, then they would have kicked on and performed really, really well. So we were missing a lot, a lot of chances. So we cannot underestimate them whatsoever. It's going to be compact. It's going to be tight. It's going to be your Alan Decore. going to have to be monsters again because Basuma gets absolutely everywhere. A player who I'd absolutely love at Everton because he goes up and down, breaks balls up, a bit like an Adrisa Garner gay, but a few years younger. Um, really good style player. But no, I can't really see any screaming pace throughout this side. They're just going to probably long ball and try and get behind. Uh, Trossard plays them. He's a crafty um, little player. He's very tricky. He's got a wand of a left foot. So no, I'm, I'm not. We're not. Can't underestimate these at all. We need to go out, play our game. And I just want to see us perform defensively well away from home. I want to see us be solid and go and just get a convincing couple of goals and come away 2-0 winners so we can have a good night Saturday night as well. So it's always good seeing Everton uh, win away from home. So fingers crossed we can all go together, have a laugh um, and watch the Blues come away with three points on Saturday. But it's going to be difficult. We cannot, um, I don't think we will underestimate Brighton at all. Okay then, guys, it's prediction time. Lee, we're going to come to you first. Brighton away on Saturday. What is your score prediction? Score prediction, I am going to go for, with a revitalised defence and a few changes in there, I'm going to go for 2-0. 2-0 to the Blues. Matthew? My head, my heart's telling me 2-1 Everton. It's telling me 1-1, but I'll go 2-1 go, I'll go Everton. And Ben? I had the same views as Matt so I'll go 1-1 one, one then because um, I know how competitive we get over this so I'll go 1-1 one, one. Yeah I'm actually agreeing with you again on this one last week I'm going 1-1 one, one as well I think Brighton are half decent at home and I think 1-1 one, one. Okay guys that's all we've got time for today we will be back Sunday with post-match analysis and all the fallout from the Amex for Everton's trip to Brighton which is a 3 o'clock kickoff on Saturday In the meantime we're through to the next round of the Carabao Cup we've started the season quite well and we'll see you Sunday. Take care and all the very best. Thank you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.